Still trying to herd all those ducks into a nice neat row before you get started with your business or project? Maybe you've already started, but your fear is stopping you from up-leveling. Or maybe you've spent your life saying yes to everyone else, but committing to yourself is still on your to-do list. Hi, I'm Claire Barton, and I'm a recovering perfectionist too. Welcome to the show where I share simple, practical, and mindset tips to get you doing work you're passionate about, making the money you want, and spending your time and energy building your dream lifestyle. Hello, Recovering Perfectionists. It's Claire Barton here. Welcome to the show. Um, And today I have the beautiful Brooke Hunt, who is a financial intuitive, joining us for a bit of a chat on unperfect stuff today and career changes and all of that sort of thing. How are you, Brooke? Wonderful. Thanks, Claire. Thanks for having me here. So excited to get to chat to you. So good to finally get to chat. We've been kind of in each other's worlds on and off for the last I don't know, a couple of years or something. Yeah. There's been a lot of change for you, especially, probably a little bit yes. me, but um, yeah, you're definitely doing some pretty awesome things out there. So um, to start off with, just tell us a bit about yourself, maybe a bit about what you're doing now, where you've come from, your journey, kind of the nutshell version. Yeah. Um, and then I can't wait to ask you some questions. Cool. Um, well, I have... Just turned 40, in fact, just a couple of days ago, was the big 4-0. Happy birthday. Um, Oh, thank you. But what what it sort of signifies is the huge life change I've had over the last five years. It's been a really big journey of self-discovery in the main part. And as you're saying, career changes and actually deciding where I want to be and what I want to do in my life. And it's um, led me on an amazing journey. I've spent... um, a lot of time as a bookkeeper, I sort of fell into that job and didn't particularly enjoy it, but I did it because that's that was what we had to do. You get a job and you earn money and that's what you do. So I spent a lot of years doing that and about five years ago, I sort of woke up one day and thought, I'm not actually happy doing what I'm doing. The outside looked perfect. I had married three gorgeous kids, my own business, my own bookkeeping business. Everything looked shiny and beautiful, but inside I was not happy at all and it was a big wake-up call really for me to make some big changes in my life and that's been the last five years really changing nearly everything that was was normal in my life got turned upside down um the biggest change being internal like I'm still married still got three gorgeous kids um (laughs) (laughs) that side the external hasn't changed much but a lot of changing inside had to occur over the last five years Yeah, interesting. And I think, um, you know, we've talked about this quite a lot on The Recovering Perfectionist and in just general conversation day to day that it's, I don't know if it's an age thing or if it's just the beautiful space that we kind of play in in the online business world where a lot of women would probably be saying me too for this sort of statement Mm -hmm. because whatever happens, whether there's some sort of catalyst that makes you realise, oh gosh, I'm so not happy, I need to change some things or whether it just sort of happens over time or, or whatever, but I think yeah. it's a really popular thing and, and particularly with people who, women who have started their own businesses may have been precipitated from the change or may already be in a business and then be like, shit, I've got to change my whole thing, which is, mm. you, is you know, a whole other thing, which is exactly where you've come from. So um, yeah. I'm really interested in, in you know, chatting about that with you actually today. Yeah, well, I think for me it was a sort of waking up and realising that I was getting close to halfway through my life and I didn't want to spend the rest of my life doing the same thing like day in day out it was sort of like on autopilot like I was just 
going through the motions. And one day I woke up realizing I was actually going through the motions and I wasn't enjoying it. And I thought, goodness, if I have to do, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like I could, I think it was that, it was that shock that I could possibly be halfway through my life and imagine if I had to spend the rest of my life doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, that was my big shock. My big I just had like a ripple of goosebumps go across my body because I think that's so resonating. And, you know, the older you get, the more, um, you know, things start happening and you start realising like, shit, this is like, this is fun. But also it's, it's you know, there's an end date sort of thing, unfortunately. And, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. And, and um, you know, there's a lot of talk about being in alignment with who you are and the authenticity and that sort of thing. And it's one thing to say, yeah, 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 it's all good. I'm aligned. I'm authentic. But often it does sort of take a bit of a catalyst to go, Ah oh, no, I'm not shit. What am I going to do about this? But then you know, even once you've realised that it's not what you want to be doing, or you, you're not leaving the legacy that you pictured, or you're not living the life, and you don't want to, you know, look back and think you weren't quite proud enough, or you know, weren't proud of your life, or whatever. But mm. the really difficult thing is is making the decision to adjust accordingly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you're saying then about being your authentic self and and being in alignment, like they were all the words I heard. And I didn't actually get what they meant. Like I thought I was. Like I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm in alignment. Yeah, I'm, I'm, what do you mean? I'm like my authentic self. Of course, it's me. Like, yeah. Um, but it's just been the last year that I, I really get it now. I get what to be my authentic self is. I get um, what it means to show people who I actually am and not a facade of what I think they've always wanted to see. And I spent a lot of my life, only now realising, looking back in hindsight, that I spent a lot of my life trying to portray or be what everyone else wanted me to be for them. And and this last year it's been, no, actually, what do I want to be for me? And they'll adjust. Those people around you will adjust. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it is a really big one. And, and bringing them along for the journey or being okay with letting people go when they're not going to be along yeah. with the journey is mm-hmm. like the hardest thing, right? <laughs> and sort of yeah. having that, you know, having the guts to stand up and and use the voice and, and say the things and all that sort of stuff that actually helps you get to that point. So what was that journey or that sort of process like for you over the last five years once you, you know, got through the, the realisation that it wasn't what you were after and now to being coming out in this new beautiful space? Oh, yeah. Look, it's, it's called a journey for a reason, I think. It's never <laughs> – it's not normally an easy one. I think it was easy then um, everyone would – be quite happy to do it and to change where they're at. But the thing is you get comfortable in your life, you get used to being where you are and even if you don't enjoy it, you're comfortable, you know what's going to happen. And it does take quite a lot of, I guess, courage or it takes just a lot to be able to make those changes because especially, as you said, those ones around you, your closest loved ones, they know you for who you are in a certain, certain way. They've always known you to react a certain way and to behave a certain way. And to go and then make those changes, like I was very much a people pleaser. I would say yes to everyone. You wanted me to do something for you. I would turn my life upside down to make it happen. And one of the biggest things I had to start with was actually saying no and starting to set my own boundaries and starting to do what was right for me as opposed to what was right for everybody else. So just even just those little changes in my life caused a a ripple effect out towards everyone around me. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. I had a, a similar conversation with a friend yesterday that, 
um, you know, when you start to let go, and like one of the big things for me was that I realized that I have had a tendency to be very judgmental about myself, about other people, about the situation, and that was just kind of, I don't know, not in a, a mean, bitchy way or anything, but that I kind of got in, I kind of got involved in, you know, why that person cut in front of me or why that person took so long at the checkouts or like the stupid banality, stupid little things, but that I was, I would get so into this like negative why is it so hard and you know that sort of thing um mm. and then uh, one of the i guess one of the things for me was that i also started to you know hear and and you know look at that for myself but realized that there were a lot of people around me who did the same sort of thing and expected me to join in because that's just what yeah. had always happened um and then realizing that and stopping that behavior it elicits the most incredible responses from other people don't you reckon like sometimes yeah. there's um you know, some people who do the whole, oh, and you're supposed oh. to go, well, what's up? Well, what's wrong? Well, tell me. Tell me the problem. And yeah. as soon as you don't ask them what's up, the dramatics continue a little bit more and then they either tell you anyway or they get the shits and they go away. And Yeah. yeah like, but it's really confronting to actually go, oh, I'm not buying into this. I'm not doing this dance anymore. Yeah, uh, and that can be really confronting for other people and, and that sort of thing. So with that sort of stuff, do you did you find like there were some very specific conversations that you had with people when you were kind of undergoing some of these changes or is it just kind of things that have naturally progressed and people have fallen away or how? Oh, look, I think a bit of both. Like, there's had to be quite a few uncomfortable conversations. I, as well as having my own bookkeeping business, I was, was also very heavily involved with a family business, which um, was one of the things I had to walk away from. So having to put my needs in front of family and other people, which I'd always not done that, I've never had done that, I'd always done what was best for everyone else, that, caused, that had to cause a lot of uncomfortable conversations about why I was choosing to do my own thing and move away. Um, from the tribe, I guess, is that as, as much as it is or being able to move out of that, that family business. Um, and a lot of people just didn't didn't really understand, didn't really get it, sort of gone, not crazy, but, yeah, it didn't really, it took a while for them to understand why I had to take this journey um, and it took a while for me to understand too. Like five years ago, I'd tell anyone who would listen that I was having a midlife crisis because I seriously just didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. Um, but, yeah, now I can look back and see that was the journey I had to go through. I had to be able to make those decisions and have those conversations. And, look, it's still five years on and, and as much as people have adjusted, there are still conversations that have to keep happening and there are still choices I have to keep making. It's just like another layer. You, you always have all these layers. You clear the top layer and then there's another layer and another <laughs> situation comes up so you can deal with it again and deal with it again. Yeah, um, just to test that you were listening the first yeah. time. Yeah. Just to make sure you're serious about it. Yeah, I don't think um, any of those fears or anything ever get completely cleared. You just have to face another layer of it. But, yeah, um, definitely been interesting. Yeah, it is really interesting. And so, Tammy, do you find, because um, I, uh, this isn't on such a big scale, but one thing that I would probably liken this to is when I um, uh, started the podcast about uh, almost three years ago called The Recovering Perfectionist. It was like the final nail in my coffin of the perfection thing. So I was like, if I'm going to call myself The Recovering Perfectionist and I've got all like the Facebook group and the podcast and all that sort of thing, 
I can't do the perfect thing because otherwise I'm a hypocrite and hypocrisy is like a real pet peeve of mine. It's one of those things up there with putting the toilet paper on the wrong way. Just kidding, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a really big thing for me. So it was really internally going like I, I if I'm going to say this, I have to, I have to actually commit to it sort of thing. And um, I often liken it to, you know, when I sort of put it out there and, Oh, waited for waited for the eggs to be thrown and whatever, but people just seem to come out of the woodwork and be like, "Oh, thank God, me too." Yeah, um, and it was like it actually, you know, taking that step, which in retrospect was such a small step and such a safe thing to do, really, but at the time felt huge. But it actually opened the door and held the space for so many other people to be like, "Oh, thank God, yes, me too." It was like everyone let their belt out at Christmas dinner sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a really nice thing. So have you found that, you know, some of the people who in the beginning might have been a bit um, you know, a bit repelled or whatever have actually kind of caught up or are a bit more open to it or have also like the ripple effect has been better Complete. or different to what you thought as well? Yeah, completely. Like because um, obviously in just even in my household, because I've been able to throughout through over the last few years and definitely the last year, I've learned how important my own vibration is and to be able to lift my vibration and to be able to hold that at a new level. And then that in itself is rippling out over the kids and the household feel like it's not, it's not so stressful. Um, just the way I've been able to, to um, the tools that I'm able to use, I'm able to then control my stress levels, the family atmosphere, the vibrations, and everyone else can, the kids especially love to pick up on pick up on all the things when I'm talking to them now, just even just about breathing or meditating or all the little small tools. It's really quite cute. Um, but yeah, and and my friends as well. It's just I think it is just that whole different vibration. Like I've had girlfriends, they're just like I, they're like you just are so happy. They're like you are so much more happier. And they obviously, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like I didn't think I was that unhappy before. They're like yeah, you were. You were really. You're really quite miserable. I'm like, why wow. don't you tell me? Why don't you tell me? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's beautiful being able to get that back from my girlfriends and from family, and to say, okay, yeah, we didn't really understand at the beginning, but we can see this huge transformation that's occurred. Um, and yeah, and it's pretty amazing. I want what she's having. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. And tell me when, because um, you obviously have done the bookkeeping and that sort of thing in the, in the past and you're still doing that at the moment, but mm -hmm. with a very different spin and a very different look and feel, maybe your client base has changed a little bit as well. But how did you, or how do you and how are you kind of integrating the new version with your mm -hmm. with your tribe at, in in the bigger like visibility kind of space and showing up for everyone as well as for people who have been there for a long time. Yeah, well, it's it's quite funny because as I said, when I, when I was bookkeeping and even five years ago, it was not a love of mine. It was not something I enjoyed doing. I did it because it um, was a good profession and and everything that went along with that. I could do it my I work around the kids. Um, and about a 12 months, just nearly 12 months ago, I started studying to be an intuitive guide with the Institute of Intuitive Intelligence. And I thought, okay, well, this is my way of leaving the bookkeeping world behind. I can, I can never have to do bookkeeping again. <laughs> and it's been so funny because, and up until even six months ago, that was my, my, um, my thought process is once I'm fully graduated, an intuitive guide, I won't be touching the bookkeeping again. And it's been these last few months. Is I think once I've actually finally surrendered to whatever 
will be is I've had this most amazing journey incorporating the bookkeeping and the spirituality side together. And with my clients, I've been going on these amazing journeys of looking at their profit and loss and balance sheet in a conscious level. And then we go deeper in a subconscious level and working on, okay, what fears do you actually have around money and business and success? And what does that bring up for you in that subconscious level you don't even look at? And it's been, um, yeah, it's just brought a brand new love into bookkeeping again for me because it's, it's so exciting to people come out of the session and like, oh my goodness, I didn't realise that's, that's why I'm not making the sales. That's why I'm not showing up. That's, that's what the problem is in my business. Um, but yeah, they had no idea before. So it's this gorgeous journey of looking consciously and subconsciously at, at both, yeah, the bookkeeping and then the spiritual side too. So, yeah, pretty oh, absolutely. Love it. So, you've been able to integrate the two rather than having to have a camp over here and a camp over here. And yeah, I was talking to someone earlier today actually on a batch of crazy call where, um, back in the day, I was a remedial massage therapist two days a week in my own business, and I was an HR and operations business manager in a mid mid size um, corporate consulting firm so very different worlds very different people I dress differently I look different I talk differently and I was petrified that one or the other might find out about like the other world because I thought mm-hmm. the corporates won't take me seriously if I'm like a woo massage and the massage people will think that I'm here for whatever reason I don't know what but I just felt like there was that tribe and there was that tribe and they must be kept at arm's length and they must mm-hmm. there must be any crossover um because i was worried basically that i just wouldn't be taken seriously and yes like whatever (laughs) right but Uh at the time i I thought it was i thought it was kind of the end of the world if that was if there was any crossover but more and more there seems to be you know similar to what you're doing that you go um you know finally surrender i think is the best word is to just go okay like right you probably had all these nudges and you need to go and make some changes or whatever and you go along and change it but actually it's not the thing that you're doing that needs to change it's probably the delivery and the way and the next level and actually showing up in the world with something that you're skilled at or gifted at or whatever and bringing the whole holistic version of that so it's not just you and any other bookkeeper who can do the same sort of thing it's a totally different style of service and integration it's not like bookkeeper on a pedestal because they know about money and me over here because I don't and Mm. you know I I think it's really so needed don't you yeah and I can completely relate to what you were saying about keeping those two separate tribes and in fact it was only like the first nine months of um training to be an intuitive guide I didn't tell anyone that I was a bookkeeper like that that was sort of uh, um one of our modules was um to do with money with um like one of the gorgeous Laura Elkastasi, who's um, one of the mentors there. And and it was only like after that that I was like, oh, actually, by the way, I'm a bookkeeper to the rest of my sisters in the sisterhood. And, and yeah, it was like one of those things I thought, again, bookkeeping's not spiritual. You know, there's nothing spiritual <laughs> about bookkeeping. Uh, those two things don't go hand in hand. And I think I had so much a mindset that, that those things couldn't possibly go together that I wasn't even entertaining the idea that they could until um yeah as i say a, a couple of months ago getting closer and closer to leaving the temple doors and finishing our studies i was like well where am i going to go with this i'm just going to surrender and see what happens and yeah the big download came with mixing the two and say i've i've run it through with a few clients and it's just been so exciting the results mm. and it's really fired me back up again about it 
So exciting. Breath of fresh air, breath of fresh life breathed into what you were doing. And, and what about the future? What, what's your sort of gut feel on, on where it will go? Do you think you'll continue to integrate it or just see what happens? Yeah, yeah definitely. I definitely will be integrating it still. Um, obviously, when, when um, we graduate, then I've got a whole other modality as well to pull into it, but it's going to be integrated even further and... Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see a whole, um, be able to train other bookkeepers into a similar field and to be able to, yeah, train schools of bookkeepers to do similar because it's, it's something that's completely different. It's not, I don't think there's much out there like it at the moment. No. It's very much um, cranial-led bookkeeping or, you know, um, spirit-based spirituality. There's not much of a crossover between the two and it'd be really exciting to be able to, help so many more people be yeah. able to integrate those two parts of their business and, and yeah. And the ripple large. effect is that all of their clients then also get a more holistic um, service around their money and yeah. all that sort of thing because bookkeeping, um, I obviously work with a lot of, you know, other women um, who have businesses and bookkeeping and finances is almost always one of the bugbears that is like, yeah, yeah, I kind of sometimes collect receipts and they're in a shoebox, but I haven't even split my bank accounts and, you know, yeah. there's definitely, it's like the it's like the thing that we're just going to shove under the bed and hope that no one asks us about. And then when a yeah. bookkeeper comes in, there's a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and a lot of money mm -hmm. involved often because it's such a mess to untangle and everything. Where yeah, exactly. I think, you know, the sort of thing that you're doing hopefully undoes some of that shitty, um, you know, fear that we have or that a lot of people have around even talking about money with someone because it's like that whole cleaning for the cleaner thing. Um, mm. I need to clean, I need to organise my finances before I can get my organised, before I can get my finances organised. I need to do the bookkeeping before I get a bookkeeper, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, but we've it's crazy. Interactions with people who haven't been very supportive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and as you say, that, and that, that is that whole, the, all those fears underneath, like there's, like consciously you're like oh I'm just too busy to do my bookkeeping I don't really enjoy it but it's when we dig down deeper and see actually under those layers of why why you're doing that like the fears that are making you decide you don't want to do it or causing that like not inside your stomach when you think about having to do your books like there's there's things so much deeper and once you're able to clear those face them and transmute them it yeah makes it so much easier and yeah slow and that's the thing, it's getting into that deeper level instead of just putting a Band-Aid over it and go, oh, I'm just not very good at bookkeeping, I don't really like it. <laughs> I've but never been good at numbers. Yeah, yeah, I don't particularly enjoy it, so I'm just going to leave it there and just not even look at it. Mm. Um, we go deeper and go, okay, why? What's happening? What's actually happening here? Yeah. And, yeah, that's exciting to be able to see see that because it's, it is it's ancestral and there's social conditioning involved and there's, you know, your, your tribal, your family history as well. Like there's so many elements that can that can create actually what's happening underneath. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, for anyone who's kind of in that position where they're in a job where they feel like, or they're in a situation, family, work, business, trade, whatever, that's mm -hmm. not aligned anymore or hasn't been for a long time but we're finally ready to go, fine, yes, I'm willing to maybe not say it out loud just yet, but at least realise that, you know, something's got to give. What sort of, what would be your tips in terms of the mindset and also maybe some practical strategies to actually take that first step or the first few steps into exploring or, or shifting or pivoting or just adding more deeper elements into what you're doing? I think the first thing to know is that you actually have a choice. And I know that sounds like a really 
silly, simple thing. Um, but at some stages, I didn't even realise I had the choice that I could change my life. I could do something different. It's as easy, just, it's as simple as, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy, is what I tell everyone. It's simple to know you have a choice. It's not easy to actually then take the steps to make the choice. But know that you actually have a choice to be able to change your life and the world won't actually disintegrate if you make it <laughs> and decide to change. I know um, what you mean. I always say, in fact, I said it way too many times at a workshop recently. Um, I was like, you could do this, you could do this, and this might go wrong, or this sort of thing. But but did you die? Like that guy yeah. from the hangover. And my sister-in-law actually sent me a photo of a bumper sticker on someone's car yesterday. It said, but did you die? Oh, my God. Yeah. Live yeah. and breathe. The world won't spin off its axis. No one died. It's okay. Even if you look a little bit silly, it's okay. It's the time of Facebook. It'll be gone in five minutes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And to be honest, a lot of the time it's your own judgment on yourself that, totally. that holds yeah. you there and than really what anyone else will say. So, yeah, it's just knowing you've got the choice. Like every every moment of your day, you've got the choice whether you react well to something or react badly to something. Like every single moment is a choice and just to be conscious of those, start choosing how you want to live your life, make the choice for the best best scenario and the best vibration you can hold through the day. Um, and, and I think really I'd encourage everyone to get in touch with that spiritual side of themselves just actually spend a few moments in stillness and silence and solitude like we are so busy these days life just runs crazy and we don't ever give ourselves that time just to sit like we a lot of the time we don't even want to hear what's going on in our heads <laughs> it's like keep busy so we don't have to um but i yeah i really encourage everyone just to if you don't want to meditate that is fine but at least give yourself some silence and some solitude just to sit and hear what is going through your mind and realize that yeah it's not always right either if you your head your head tries to control things but it's your heart which is really crying out to be listened to mm, no, i love that so much um I, I can't agree more i think there's um there's there's a real gift that you give yourself when you can just observe the thoughts and not even judge the thoughts and you know i was saying again to a friend the other day um there was something that I was noticing that I was wishing for, which was an awful thing to be wishing for. But just observing the fact that I was wishing for this thing meant that something was going really wrong with the thing that I was like, I won't even go into it, but it was just really interesting to observe like far out. This is a little bit, I need to uncover this a little bit more than I've just been kind of picking at the surface. Yeah. Because I was able to observe the thought rather than feel like guilty for having the thought or whatever it was. That sounds really yeah. up. It wasn't as bad as yeah. I'm probably making it sound, but it was just a really, um, <laughs> it was just a really interesting, interesting point to get to to go. Oh, I really did that really come? Like it's almost like having a conversation with you're in a child or you're in a mentor or you're in a whatever. Yeah. You're like, yeah. huh? Like if it, yeah. another person said those things to you, you'd be like, hang on a minute, mm-hmm. back that up and let's have a little chat about that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's really interesting. It's a, I think it's a really big gift to to be able to give yourself that space definitely and to try and drop out of your head and down into your heart that that as well is such a huge thing because they we normally let our head run wild and we don't we very rarely listen to what our heart has to say and that is that's where our intuition comes from that is that that is the space that really we want to be leading our life from but we've been brought up to not listen to it you get told to trust your gut all the time but if your head doesn't agree with your gut, you don't go there. <laughs> it's always like, I really feel like I should do this, but my head says no, so I'll go with what my head tells me. <laughs> um, 
Why does the but, head yeah. always win? Yeah, it always has. So, yeah, so I encourage you. Question. Can I pause you there? Because I know you've got um, three littles. Um, and I'm really interested in this. Like my kids are five, as you know, my kids are six and four. Well, there's 18 months between them. I keep getting them mixed up. Um, but they're six and four. And especially my eldest is very sensitive and I feel like he's very intuitive. And I really want to nurture that. But I, I also am kind of like, like clutching at straws and working it out myself as well. And I use things like just listen to your gut or listen to your body or, you know, trying to work out ways to say, um, like I said to him the other day, Sometimes you know you know things without really knowing them and you don't really know why you know, you just know them and I'm like bumbling over my words. So have you got any tips, like if you're sort of nurturing that with your family um, mm -hmm. for how mums and dads can even support other people, i.e. the little people around us to trust those sorts of things from an early yeah. age rather than having to relearn it at 40? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the main thing I do with my kids is... Um, is more getting them to get in touch with that heart space. So to sit and evoke feelings of gratitude and love and joy and, and have that connection with their heart there in that point. Uh, because I say that's where your intuition comes from. If you can keep that connection open with your heart space and, and your children know that they're free and able to speak what comes from their heart or speak what their intuition says and that they're safe to do so, that makes it so much easier. But with my kids I'm always telling them like what does your heart say what are you feeling like if they're having a bad if they're having a bad day or things aren't going right I'm like hey let's just sit breathe and think of something that excites you what's fun what's joyful can you feel that in your heart can you make that bigger and more exciting and it's really a feeling based with my kids at the moment just getting them to tap into that feeling and realize that it can come from their heart and that's yeah that is their space where there's safe space where they can create the most magical feelings and the intuition side. I think when they get a bit older, I might, I'll talk to them a bit more about it. But yeah, it's at the moment it's connecting into the heart and, and what does the heart say? What does the heart feel? That's, mm. that's where, I'm, where I'm at with them. I love it so much. I love it. My kids are at the point where they're like, I want to be grown up and I want to be an adult. And we're like, no, you really don't. Why not? Yeah. You just play, please play. And then I'm listening to the yeah. words coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, I need to play more. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Play, gotcha. <laughs> the other thing I encourage my kids to do as well is like, what do you love to do? Because when I grew up, it was always, it wasn't anything to do what you love to do. It was always study hard and get the best job you can get. Whereas my kids are like, well, what do you love to do? Let's do things that you love. That's what brings you joy. That's the, that's the ultimate question. What brings you joy? Let's mm. do more of that. Mm. Yes. If you can live in that space of joy and happiness, thank uh, goodness. Like, let's say you do what you love, you don't work a day in your life. If you yeah. can, um, yeah, so I encourage my kids, what do you do? What do you love? What brings you joy? Let's do more of that and see that where that starts in your heart and let's just, yeah, expand it as big as possible. Oh, imagine the world that they're going to live oh, in yeah. if everyone was like that when they're adults. Yeah. Oh, amazing. It would be love amazing. It. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry, I interrupted you before and went off on a bit of a tangent. Any other tips for people who are starting? You might have gotten to the end and I was like, hey, well, let's talk about this as well. Um, so is there anything else, any other things that, you know, if someone's feeling like, oh, I feel stuck and I need to make some changes but it feels scary? Just to know that that in itself is your intuition. Yeah, if, if you are feeling stuck and you know you need to make some changes, 
your intuition has probably been telling you this for a really long time and you've not <laughs> been wanting to listen to it. Yeah. And and it's it's time. It's time to sit and listen and be open. Okay. All right. Just guide me. What what are my next steps? And it'll be amazing what shows up. Like I very much for ages was expecting an A4 memo from God of what I should be doing with my life and where you know come on the big universe where is it yeah and and instead it was it was just following uh, I realized I just had to follow the breadcrumbs like it's just little yeah. pieces at a time instead of having a complete freak out that you you're not happy you don't know what you should be doing you don't know like life just isn't right just just ask what's next and follow the breadcrumbs as they turn up and and yeah follow follow your heart I love it. Little steps, baby steps. You don't have to know the whole picture before you get started. And I think that's definitely a perfectionist thing that we do that we're like, yeah, I kind of know what it looks like, but until I've got the entire puzzle finished, I'm not even going to get started sort of thing. And it does feel really scary. Um, you know, one thing I quite often talk about the same sort of thing is, is pick something that's kind of unstuffable. It's like the things yeah. that... If even if it went dreadfully wrong, but did you die? Like you would yeah. die, right? So it doesn't do little tiny things. Test the waters, um, and probably also for me, and, and I think for a lot of people, is finding your tribe and finding a space that's safe for you to um, mm-hmm. to experiment and to fail and to ugly cry and all the sort of shit that feels really uncomfortable. Because the first time you do it will always be the hardest, and after that you're like, oh, didn't die. Let's do it again. Let's do it harder. Um, yeah. It definitely makes it a, a softer bed to fall on if you can um, <laughs> have some yeah. have some love around you when that happens. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Love it. Thank you so much for the chat, Brooke. We could sit here and talk about this all day, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But I will yeah. let you go. Um, where can we find you? There will be links in show notes, obviously. But is there an easy way that we can lovingly stalk you online? Yeah. Well, um, I'm on Facebook as. The world is um it's just brooke hunt which is my name and then my website is mamab.com.au so m-a-m-a-b.com.au and yeah you can check me out in those two places awesome thank you so much look forward to watching what you do in the future congratulations on your beautiful new integration of your businesses and your skills and gifts and oh, all thank things. you claire thank awesome you so much for having me yeah it's been so much fun talk to you soon bye